welcome to the Entrepreneur Bite Podcast with your host Sarah Peel. This is a podcast where we discuss all things related to entrepreneurship, startups, running a business, and following your dreams. This is episode 34, which is unbelievable, as I always say. This is your host Sarah Peel. So for today's episode, I thought one topic that has been kind of um, a little bit something that I've seen off and on particularly with smaller businesses, especially uh, smaller businesses, I would say, that are non-U.S. based. So we're talking about in developing countries, kind of small businesses. Um, An issue that I think also definitely impacts small businesses, even in more developed countries. And just in general, online business practices, as well as marketing, it's something that I think is a big issue, and that is email marketing. So if you've been around for a long time in um, on the online and just kind of within the online business community, I feel like you probably have heard people talking about email marketing. Email marketing, how important it is, why you should use it, why everybody should be using it. It's like the most effective way to market your businesses, etc., etc. And, you know, it, it seems like a good idea. I think for a lot of people, you know, you hear the idea, you think, you know, that, that's not a bad idea. Email is one of the main line, or for a long time versus today with social media, it's been a major way to communicate with people in general and to connect and just to discuss things and concepts and ideas as well as business transactions. So it makes a lot of sense um, to a lot of people to think, you know, it's not a bad idea. Um, one popular, very popular way it's been popular from since the time of memorial of the internet until now, which is uh, email marketing via newsletters. It's still a very big thing that you see. It's a trend that a lot of sites go on. Um, or I should say sites go on, but companies go for If you go on a lot of websites, you'll see they almost always bombard you with pop-ups saying, you know, sign up for updates or a newsletter. Sometimes people have kind of introductory offers to you where you can get a discount for sign up for the newsletter. Um, you can be getting tips and hits tips and tricks you could get white paper you could get um, some kind of tool I mean there's a lot of ways people use that and perhaps email marketing is one of the most or more effective ways to market your business uh, through a newsletter um, I'm not really going to touch on that so much it is something that I think we all know so that's why I kind of introduced or introducing the idea of this episode using that example but I think one thing I want to talk about more that is something that I see far more of I mean, even I will admit as a business owner, I have done this a little bit myself, um, and that is just blind or cold emailing. So if you are familiar with um, call center jobs and call centers, a lot of times they will do what they call um, calling leads or trying to call to develop leads. So you hear the term of warm calls or warm leads versus cold leads. Warm leads means it's already somebody who is kind of interested in what you offer or what you sell. They kind of already showed interest. So like an example of this is a lot of online universities will have a thing where if you go to a website and you want to find out prices, they will have you sign up for information to receive through a phone call. So that technically is considered a warm call because you already showed you're interested in that item that they're offering to sell. Um, Cold ones would be more or less like when you get calls from random companies. Um, Charities are a big contributor to this. You probably get tons of calls every day, uh, sometimes several times a day from different charities calling to see if you're willing to donate money, meaning they just got a list of numbers. They really don't have any rhyme or reason for what these numbers are. They don't know who owns them. They don't really care who owns them. They're just trying to see who they can call to get committed to promise donating money. Um, And, you know, for charities, that's probably one of the more... (sighs) 
lucrative ways to market, I suppose. But if you listen to this podcast, I'm going to assume you're not a charity. You're more or less someone trying to get into business. Another example of this is a lot of times you'll get emails um, if you own websites or you own domains. Unfortunately, they have the domain information a lot of times public. I do believe they've changed it recently. Um, the Who is or uh, AdCan changed it. They're the one that kind of runs the whole database and all the information. They've kind of changed it to make it a little bit less, I guess, hard, a little bit less likely for this to happen to you. But if you've owned websites, I would say, prices. Again, time memorial, especially I would say within the last um, 10 years or so, you probably see that you get a lot of emails from companies who are emailing you to see if they can sell you their uh, web design, their website building. Um, sometimes they offer to do apps, graphic design, SEO, etc., etc. A lot of these are, like I said, um, companies, small businesses in developing countries. So they're trying to kind of use email as a way to widely market their business to everyone. Um, these emails are very basic and cold. It's a very hard copy and paste, just basically saying, hello, you know, are you interested in the no list of services? Tell you why to pick them. I'll give you an example. Say you can contact them for a quote, etc., etc. Um, I will link a blog post I actually done talking about the do's and don'ts of just in general um writing emails and marketing and how you market to people uh, in the notes for the show so you have that as a reference but I'm sure like I said if you own a website even if it's just a personal site maybe not so much a business website you probably have seen these emails they almost always come from gmail accounts etc um, and those are examples of cold marketing or cold emailing of potential uh, leads and markets and you know as someone who seen a lot of this and someone who's owned a website for over 10 years off and on um, I've seen this definitely grow I want to say maybe within the last two or three years it really has become outrageous amount um, basically literally as soon as you can buy a domain you're going to start getting emails regarding this it's kind of out of control and definitely a hassle and um, a lot of times these emails are very poorly written they are not really doing anything helping themselves out with it and I wanted to talk about why email marketing and how why it's something that I think that maybe we should take a back for a step back from think about how we do and maybe move away from cold emailing to people now when I was a freelance writer and I was looking for clients especially around the time the economy kind of went into a downturn you know I would go ahead and try to cold email um I will say more times than not I wasn't successful uh but a couple of times I was. Now, usually I found these, either they were websites that um, had what I was looking for. They had writings uh, about what I was looking for. Um, it looked like that they could use more and I would email or even sometimes if I saw they were previously hiring and maybe it was a really old ad, like a month or two, and I would just email them and see if they were still interested. Um, and that was to a certain degree successful. Um, it wasn't successful I would like, but I always tried to make it a little bit more specific to them and their brand, their website, their purpose, whatever. Um, most of these emails, as I'm talking about an example, they, like I said, they're very cut and dry, um, very generic. There's nothing specific. Obviously, they're not even checking to look at your website, see if you even have one. They assume you just own a domain and no website. Um, it's a very, very kind of confusing why these people don't actually take time to do research. And I really would like to know the statistics and the success rate they have from doing these. Cause I imagine they probably send these by hundreds a day. They probably have whole teams of people doing it. 
And it's a very, in my opinion, very dishonest and very misleading. And like I said, just bad marketing all in all because I feel like it's just kind of like Dill is looking for basically anyone with a pulse and a warm body and money or who they presume has money. If they have money to buy a domain, do they mean to have a reason to buy a website? Um, it's just very messy. It's, it's not a way that I would think as someone who's a company owner and a brain owner, not something I would want to associate myself with. Um, like I mentioned earlier in this episode, you know, I can see with email marketing in terms of like newsletters, I can see offering something to turn together the information. I can see that being possibly a better idea. It's something I'm not too keen on myself just because as a woman, I've not very many words, which is why i puzzled by the fact that I was even a freelance writer at one point. I just don't think it's probably the best way to do it. Um, it's just not my preference. I know I'm probably like some people going to be shaking their head thinking you're missing out on a huge thing. This is possible. I could be. And something to think about in the future, perhaps um, even paying and hiring people out potentially to write articles for me if I'm not feeling comfortable and confident enough to do it myself. So I can definitely see where that, that I could be missing about all that. But as a whole, email marketing is not something I'm super big on. Um, I know it's kind of been the meat and potatoes for a lot of online businesses. Uh, it's been here since before social media, and it has oddly stayed around even beyond the rise and craze of social media. I feel like it hasn't really died down or even lessened in terms of people suggesting it or even people using it as a way to market versus social media, which I find kind of puzzling. But hey, if it still works, I'm all about it. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm that kind of person. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not having any qualms about that. But back to the topic of cold emailing. So like I said, I did it and I had a very low success rate. I wouldn't say I was completely unsuccessful because I did actually achieve a few things with it. Um, like I said, like mine was still very specific. I didn't copy and paste it. It was just very specific to whoever was going to read that email. If I couldn't find their name, I would just still, you know, say hello, introduce myself, uh, saw what I saw on the website, introduce what I could do for them, and see if they're interested. Um, it's like a very personalized, one-on-one. It's time-consuming, more or less, than having a template to send out. Um, but also, I feel like it's a better way to market than just kind of BBC, a bunch of blind copy, uh, blind carbon copy for those who may not be familiar with that term, um, to send that to a mass amount of emails and see if I get any bites. Um, it's just, it's a more specific way to achieve your desired results, I think, at least again from what I've seen. Now, I'm going to be honest, I'm a little bit of a, dare I say, imp when it comes to things. Um, as time has gone on and I've been being bombarded with these emails from companies, it's kind of find a way to deal with them. Um, I'm not going to say that the best ways to deal with them, but I, I they do bring me joy to do this. And one is either I will send an email offering them my writing services in return and tell them where they went wrong or what I could do for them. And then if they do show interest, I don't actually ever follow up with them because I just don't think they probably would pay anyhow. And my rates would probably be too much for them. Um, and then also I've been known to actually use those email addresses and try to send my own blind copy of my company to them to see if I can get any bites. Again, haven't had any success. And I, I didn't do it with the intention of getting success because I'm pretty sure most of these people probably don't even check the incoming email. Um, if you notice a lot of those emails, a lot of times they will tell you to send an email to a different address. So it's just something to keep in mind as you think about this stuff. But there's been ways I've been dealing with it. Um, but let's specifically talk about why mass emailing, um, doing cold emailing, 
where a lot of companies get it wrong. Again, particularly companies in developing nations. Um, so one thing is just sending emails out in general. Um, a lot of times their titles are, you know, I would say less titles can be kind of honest. Um, but it makes it sound like you've already contacted them with interest to get you to click on it. That's a little bit frustrating to me because they're always doing the one contacting you initially. It's not you initially contacting them. So I feel like that that's definitely a dishonest way to get people to click on it. And also something that just kind of really irritates me because they don't take the time to even do a grammar check or check their English or even have someone who is a fluent English native speaker look over it. So that's something I would say, you know, think about. Um, another thing is, like I said, it's very generic. They assume pretty much, I guess this is culturally, just how it is in their cultures. Um, like I said, it's Bahari Americans who do this too. So no shade or shame on this or Washington people probably do this too. Um, but a lot of times it's very generic. They just say, you know, hello, call you sir. Sometimes they would have sir slash ma'am. Um, it's just very generic sending it to whoever owns that email address. They don't care to do any research on who you are, to know what you do. Um, you know, my my personal philosophy, if you're going to do that, you might as well actually take the time to see if they A, have a website. If they do have a website, tell them what you see, what you think, in your opinion, could be done better and how you can do that. You know, specific, make your email, your introductory email, specific about what you can do for them because people want to know what you can do for them. They don't care about being kind and giving a starting up company money or business they want just to know that you are what you can do for them how you can be beneficial of them what they could get from benefit by having you work for them uh, for you to do web design app design uh, website maintenance um, setting up Shopify things like those uh, you know, what can you do for them specifically? And I think that will be definitely be more likely to get their attention once they see you actually took the time to do the research. Um, a second thing I would say is put prices and put examples. Um, you know, when you do have somebody who's interested in buying your service, say, hey, can I use you as a reference? As an example, you know, maybe don't link them to their website, but you could take a screenshot um, and then have a link to the screenshots of what you've done for them. Um, maybe have some testimonies. Testimonies are huge. I feel like that that's why you see even people like literally buying fake testimonies on sites like Fiverr. Um, they really do volumes in terms of capturing a person's attention and their interests to see if they're willing to bite, um, to bite your offers. So I would say go ahead and do that. See what you can do for them. Um, have some examples, have prices, you know, have very specific prices. So like if they're buying just, you know, a banner or maybe some icons or maybe they're buying a whole, whole website design, maybe they are interested in just a service of you doing some back-end work for them, some maintenance, some setting up of servers, helping to move over. Have specific prices, even if you don't want to list every single price. Again, point them to a link where they can go to go on it. And again, don't make sure, make sure these links are not like viruses. Um, you know, be honest and, and upfront. Point them to your, if you say, hey, you know, if you're interested in pricing, you can go ahead and look at this website. If you have any questions, let me know. Things like that would go far and far farther than I think just plain cold email saying, if you're interested, let me know. Um, contact me so I can tell you my prices or discuss because I feel like, again, people more likely, if they know more likely a ballpark price, they're more likely to bite into it and fall for your sale. Um, so do that. Another thing is, if you're going to be a website designer or web service, you really ought to have 
a company branded email address. Um, I feel like that it gives you more credibility. It shows that you actually know what you're doing and you can actually sell what you're talking about as well as being convincing, convincing that you're able to do it. You're capable. You are somebody who is successful. You are set for success. Even if this is like your first time trying to get that sale, you know, you should already have that. This should be, it's a very small investment. Um, and especially if you're going to be, like I said, in the website industry and creating them and apps, you really should have that to prove, help further prove your point that you are the expert in whatever you are claiming to be. Um, and then also, like I said, link to your website, um, have, you know, a, a set signature, um, if you have have a Google number, I think pretty much anywhere around the world you can get a Google number. You can set it up where it's just they will send you a voicemail. So if you live in a country where it's difficult for you to get phone calls or maybe, you know, it costs to call somebody internationally, go ahead and set that up. Um, but like I said, you know, you want to make sure that you're, you are specific to your brand. You are representing that brand. So you want to represent it 100%. You want to embody that brand. Um, and another thing I would say is, like I said, you know, take time to do research. This is my biggest issue with most. I even see a lot of people, like websites, that I've never even gone on and signed up for their newsletter. They will buy a master list of email addresses and just add everyone to that, which is really dishonest in my opinion, which is one of the reasons why I'm not so inclined to want to do a newsletter. Um, I just feel like there's a lot of dishonesty within that marketing even. But, you know, know who you're talking to. Make a point to build relationships. That's part of the reason why I think social media has really kind of changed the landscaping of marketing and especially just running the business online. You know, if you're using social media, you're showing a more personal side. You're a real person with real feelings, real opinions, real values. You are sharing your story and your life as well as your brand. And I think that's why we see companies, especially I would say the beauty community, is a great example of this. That is the fact that they are willing and wanting to go ahead and market with these people who ha or have built up a authentic audience in a lot of ways. People who actually trust their opinion and like them because they're a real person versus just a blind marketing campaign. And I think that's something that we need to see more of. Um, so if you're going to do, you know, blind or cold emailing, cold contacting of people, do a little research, you know, um, take that time, go the extra mile, prove to them why you are someone interested in contacting or trying to make a sale or trying to convince them. You know, even in, in the podcasting industry, this is something I see a lot. I get a lot of cold pitches of people who want to be interviewed. People who, you know, I even one contact me and what they did have nothing to do with this podcast. Absolutely nothing. And I'm like, you didn't actually, like, did you actually take time to listen to the podcast? And they had to admit that they didn't really. Um, so they didn't, they just saw that the fact that I was listed as a podcaster on uh, LinkedIn and they contacted me. You know, absolutely zero interest in finding out what my podcast was even about, what we talk about, what is discussed, just trying to get as many, how many podcasts to market as they can. And I mean, I, you know, I guess it's not per se a wrong way to market yourself. But again, if you're going to market yourself, 
to research, you know, find out why you're trying to market. You know, in this day and age, especially with internet and so much information literally at our fingertips, a simple Google search, anything like that, you can find out so much information in a very short period of time. There really is no reason not to do it. Like, you're not going to really lose that much time. I'm not saying you should write a whole novel of reason why it's specific to that brand or person you're contacting. But do your research. Prove that you took the time to know who you're talking to. It goes far, a lot farther. And if you think about it, when people say, you know, if you're going to be contacting the company, you know, find out who you're talking to so you can specifically greet that person in the letter saying hello so-and-so's name instead of just hello to this department. You want to prove that you're taking the time and you actually care about how you're representing yourself, but also how you're going to possibly represent them. You want that extra extra mile um and i really don't see a reason for people not to do that really i don't um besides that in terms of marketing like i said make sure that you have maybe a couple different templates where you can go in and just quickly change some information and have just a baseline so you don't have to rewrite it every single time but don't just have a generic template and this is even true with um like social media posts i feel like that you know you want people to think that you're taking time and you should be taking time to actually do this marketing it shouldn't be just kind of all over once over you know copy and paste super cut and dry not really giving much away not really saying anything not offering something beneficial to the person who's going to view it people want to know what they're going to get out of it and that's why i think we see a lot of times companies will have an introductory offer if you sign up for their newsletters so like websites online stores they will give you a discount code um, you know, you'll find for like tech sites, they will have a white paper, an ebook, um, a software, a tip, a tool, something that they can offer you. You know, you want to entice people. People aren't going just, if you're going to think of it, if they just see a blank billboard with your name and what you can do, they're not, that doesn't tell them how specifically going to help them change their life, change the course of their project or business. They're not going to be interested. They want to know specifically how you're going to help them. And that's why you should take the time to do the research to know what you're doing, who you're talking to, what you can do for them specifically versus just a broader picture. It comes down to the details. If you want to be a successful business person, you're going to have to take the time for the details. You know, the little details really do count. While you can say, yeah, everybody's going to look at the bigger picture, this is true. But a little smaller details is really what's going to get people's attention and make them remember you. Because you're going to see so many of the same different types of pitches and marketing to them. You know, you want them to think, okay, I remember so-and-so or I remember this brand because whatever your specialty is. So, like, let's say they had a really good personal connection with somebody who worked over there. Maybe they had a really good introductory offer or deal. Maybe they said specifically, I see an issue for you. And then you say, and make sure also, if you're going to, like, point out something that you think is an issue for them, something that you think you could do better to help them, don't make them feel like, don't talk down to them, make them feel like what they previously did was wrong. You want to explain, you know, I see this, I think this could be done better, this is how, this is what I can do for you. Because again, they don't want to feel attacked. And I feel like I should, probably should say that earlier on in this episode, um, but just know and to know when you do do that, make sure that you're not like coming across as condescending bitter angry um salty any of those things you want to seem like you're really coming from a genuine place that you are taking time out of your day and out of your 
time and and your business and what you can do to really help specifically them and them only. Everybody wants to feel like every every human, every brand, every business, every person has an email account. They want to feel special. They want to feel like they are the only person you are talking to. You are the only customer. You're they are the only potential customer that you are essentially courting. Go ahead and do that. Make them feel special. Go beyond the extra mile. White glove service goes far. Um, you know, especially in technology. When you think about things technologically and in the time of era of technology, that's the reason why social media has taken off to the point it has. People want to feel special. And if you can find a way to make that point, to sell your service, to pitch your idea in a special way, a specific catered to them, I guarantee you, you're going to at least get somebody to actually read your whole email and read your full thing not just you know little bits and pieces not just oh okay I'm gonna go ahead and delete this or I'm gonna move this to my trash or I'll cut it later on you want them to be able to click it and read the whole thing as soon as they see it you want to capture their attention and make them feel that connection with you and with that being said those are my tips on email marketing and just in general marketing cold marketing versus warm marketing warm leads are always going to be better than cold leads but if you're going to do cold leads like i said try to make them semi-warm if you can um and, you know just find a way to make them feel special with that being said i'll go ahead and close this out for this week thank you for listening if you want to go ahead and help and contribute to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening, you should see an option where you can do a monthly donation to me so I can get better better technology, better quality, better editing, um, find ways to make this better for you to help you learn more. And then if you have any comments that you want to send to me, you can go ahead and reach me on Twitter. It's at MVR00. Or you can go ahead and email me on bizblazes.com. Until then, I'll catch you next time.